previously on the Dave and Steve show. I've, I've, I have been a misogynist in lots of other stories, I think. I didn't have a damn thing to say about it. I just listened to it because I don't care. I will say this. I have a, I now have a standing eBay notification for Jimbo Billy Bob's Country Swing Machine in case, in case a cherry one comes up for sale at some point. I like watching curling for some reason because I just I find it kind of fascinating. So, and when I say large, think, you know, at least a couple feet long. No, I get tired of doing it in my house. I couldn't imagine <laughs> right. doing it on the ice. Try yeah. doing it at that speed just for 15, 20 seconds and see how, and then put a broom in your hand. I said, I, I can't wait to see where it goes from here. Well, let me tell you where it went from there. After we got done with dead dogs, and there was a lot of talk about the dead dogs. We're going into a weekend, okay? And so this change could be made. There's got to be some sleeplessness tonight. And there are, like, bridesmaids just wearing dresses. So I climbed up on all fours and then spread my butt cheeks for the camera, and they took a picture of that. Uh, made the decision to make some room in the house and got rid of uh, something that had been near and dear to my heart for a long time. Wendy. And that was my... No. No, oh. no that's, the wrong, that's the wrong order in how that's, <laughs> that's going to go. <laughs> and he gave me an address, and I show up, and... He didn't give me his house address. He gave so wait, me. Oh, I thought you said he gave you a dress. And he the... gave me a dress to wear. A really pretty. <laughs> okay. Well, that's cool. Like a, a blue taffeta yeah. dress. Can you tilt your camera down? I want to see if I can see Wendy's hand up your ass making you say this stuff. So as I'm running him through and I'm like, mm. <laughs> you know, mm. uh, he was pretty happy uh, with it and uh, handed me a wad of cash. Well, mine is the, I mean, head and shoulders above the rest in terms of how well it is held up. It's a little mm -hmm. rusty. It's got a couple of chips on it and things. What part of Kansas? It's like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, Kansas City, Kansas. But, you know, I um, I went to school in Lawrence. And I'm like, <laughs> and so immediately we talk about Lawrence and, and, you know, now we're best friends. Thanks, Utah, for that and the magic underpants. <laughs> Show number 96 of the Dave and Steve Show. I am Dave. Sitting right alongside me, a mere 27 miles away, is Steve. Is my mic on? And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. Tonight feels like those nights where you're really looking forward to li uh, just live music, and the bands just don't go on until like near 10 o'clock. Right. <laughs> Off and running on show number 96. The intro tonight, the previously on that we have on every show, this time was... Put together by Tracy. I had a I had a stupidly busy week at work. I mentioned the guys this morning that I was going to have a tough time putting that together. I will say, Tracy's much heavier handed with the edits in terms of butting clips next to each other and sprinkling bits of one clip into another clip to make them sound even worse than they actually are. But it was highly entertaining, mainly because it was aimed at Steve, and I'm that I'm okay with that. It's, uh, that's how it goes. Uh, I did want to mention, so th I, I here's here's the proclamation that I will make before the show even begins in any kind of true fashion. I'm going to talk less tonight. I said at the end of the last show, I feel like I talk too much and I talk over you guys. So tonight, I'm going to take a back seat to the two of you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be here for moral support, but for the most part, I'm going to try and give you the space to breathe. You don't realize how much you do talk unless you do put together the clips. Right, exactly. And then you're just, you're going through the pieces and you can tell by the waveform 
when you're just looking at the the pictures of the sounds, who's talking? I'm going to be completely honest with you, Tracy. I thought for sure you were going to say, no, it's fine. You don't talk too much, but you went the other way. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I do. It just means that we got more shit to do tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Uh, so uh, a couple of things uh, I did want to touch on, though, however. Uh, first of all, I wanted to give a quick update on the Jimbo Billy Bob Country Swing Machine. Now, if you haven't been listening and you haven't been tuning in the, to the shows for a few weeks or even a few months because we talked about it for the first time a long time ago, let me briefly catch you up. Jimmy, Jimbo Billy Bob's Country Swing Machine was a die-cast toy from back in the 80s that my dad brought home once when he had been gone on a long trucking trip. It's a semi-truck, comes with a little plastic figure. His name is Jimbo Billy Bob and a country music uh, 45 record that had his theme song on it. You put it all together, Jimbo Billy Bob stands on his truck and he sings a song. And it's become a running joke with the with the show. We talk about Jimbo Billy Bob. We'll bring it up every once in a while. It was even a question on Steve's trivia came a couple weeks back. So last week on the show, Steve, Steve made an observation regarding where I was going to wind up finding, because I've got an, an eBay search set up. I've got it saved so that it will actually uh, email re me results. Today, I got a result. And Steve, last week, what did you say about where I was going to find a mint Jimbo Billy Bob? I said, you will find this from some collector in the UK because that's where all the Americana collectors are. They, they there's, it's, you know, we like pizza and it's, pizza is not necessarily American, but in the UK, they like American music and, and, yeah, and, and Jimbo thought, Billy Bob. UK would have it. Yeah. So the alert pops up today. I clicked the link because what we talked about last week. Tracy actually asked the question. He said, "Is there something unique, something special about this that you're trying to find in like a complete collection?" And I said there was. There's the action figure I don't have anymore. He had a little guitar, mic stand, amps, a few other things, and that record. That was the big thing. So in this little image that shows up in my email, I look at it and I'm like, "Oh man." This has everything. It's still in the package. Now, the package is beat up, but it's still in the package. This is everything still sealed and shrink-wrapped. So I go and look at it, and the first thing I notice is that the dollar amount is 89 gross British pounds. The best version of Jimbo Billy Bob's Country Swing Machine I have ever found popped today, and in no truer words were ever spoken than Steve saying, it's probably going to be from the UK because sure as shit, it's from the UK. I sent it both, <laughs> I sent it both to them. I was like, holy shit, Steve, yeah. you were right on the mark with this it's one. It's definitely something that Prince Andrew has totally oh, yeah. held on to, and yeah. he's trying to come up with some cash. So, um, <laughs> Needs legal fees. <laughs> Is that Now, you said gross British pounds. I thought it was great British pounds. Like Great uh, Britain but, pounds. But, Listen, are we really going to do this? I don't, does that make a hill of beans difference? Steve? No, I, well, God I damn it. Curious. This is what happens when I let you talk more. Okay? No. This, I, that's over. That experiment's done. All right? You know, no, I, was, I, I had a genuine feeling of curiosity. Like, have I been thinking of this wrong the entire time? Because that, that's what I thought. I, I wasn't trying to call you out for being wrong. I was <laughs> like, hey, let's, uh, let's uh, see how I was today years old when I realized that a, a major money system in the world was something completely different than what I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, no, and, I, and I'm only kidding, but it actually says, trying to look here, I don't see, what does GBP stand for? Uh, I am looking, yeah, it's great. It's great. Go to hell, Steve. How about that? 
All right, so uh, so Steve was right on two accounts. He was right on what the G and GBP stood for, and he's also right about the fact that I'm going to have to get my stupid Jimbo Billy Bob truck from the UK. Uh, so big news today, at least in Washington State, and it's kind of happening around the nation, but two things happened, at least for me. The first is that we found out they're going to lift mask restrictions across our state beginning on March 21st. So this is, I mean, this is, for me at least, this is encouraging. Obviously, I think it is for everybody, but it's also, it is one of those things where I'm, I am going to be one of the ones that will gladly remove the mask because as we've talked about, I think we talked about it on the last week's show, a great example is our kids in the public school system. They're required to wear masks all the time. And yet Omicron just kicked the living shit out of all the school systems to where my my son had classes where he only had like five other kids in the class with him because 15 to 18 of the other ones were at home, not all with Omicron, but all with some kind of illness and couldn't come in and all that. So I, I, I don't want to get into a big debate on whether or not the masks work or not. If you want to go park your truck and block traffic, you, you do you boo boo. But I'm just saying... I'm going to be one of the ones that's excited to take the mask off and walk around in, in stores in public without a mask on. How are, let's start with Steve. Steve, are you going to, are you going to keep the mask or are you going to ditch the mask come March 21st? I have a feeling that I'm going to wear the mask um, less. Does that make sense? Like there's going to be situations where I'm like, I'm definitely wearing the mask in here. And, and then there's going to be situations where it's like, you know what? I really want these people to see my face so that they know that I'm not dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that's that's how I feel when I walk into a place and I want to say hi. Like I, I think about they're only seeing my eyes and my mouth naturally doesn't smile anyway. So like I, I really want to, you know, connect with somebody, even if it's just, you know, more than eye contact. But like I hugging. Think, Still, yeah, yeah. yeah, touching some kind of uh, improper touching. Um, yeah. I want to not wear the mask, but I also know that there's going to be situations when I just need to not, you know, <laughs> not be like everybody else. I'm going to have to wear a mask because I don't believe I'm in a situation where I'm going to come out of it. I have a feeling that I'm going to slowly wean myself off, though. Sure, sure, sure. Tracy, what about you? I, I think one of the things that uh, there was a mindset that I had to sort of embrace to be able to be out in public under these requirements. So every time I went into establish an establishment, I would say to my kids, uh, we'd all look at each other, we'd get our masks on and say, let's work together, keep eye contact, let's rob this place and yeah. get out. Yeah, right. <laughs> and yeah. So if we if we felt like we were somehow trying to get away with something, uh, it made it more fun. And now I'm kind of addicted to that, really. Um, there is zero chance I'm going to get rid of face coverings in all situations because I think there's certain situations where I feel like it had probably been appropriate long before the pandemic. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so in as much, I mean, the truth be told, in as much as that it's... Um, we we kind of tend to move not in practical terms but with what's socially acceptable and when i think when you were in utah and you found it liberating to to just do a certain thing that kind of the the practicality of it sort of went front and center because it was everyone was doing it and i think that's going to probably 
uh, steer a lot more of my behavior than I want to admit. But I think there's, I think in certain situations, certainly there's still wisdom to it, um, but not to the extent of like the mandates. And so like, like a lot of things, I think, I think that the extremes of it never really made sense to me, but you know, I just, at the end of the day, I just try, I just need to buy milk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I also think it would be a lot of fun to, um, you know, when I'm talking to somebody one-on-one um, and they're talking to me and I'm, you know, and I'm not enjoying it or I'm bored or I just want to do something slightly aggressive. I just reach into my back pocket and put the mask on while it's just them talking to me. Yeah. I keep eye contact with yeah. them. Cause it's one thing to like act like you're not interested, but act like the other person might end your life. That's that's yeah. a whole new step. And as soon as they walk away, take it off take it and off. walk up to somebody else and talk to them without your mask. And French kiss them. <laughs> Just a real dick thing to do. <laughs> Steve has already thought this through from Hey, I'm the They're dick on the show. Them. Yeah. No. I'm the dick on the show. You're not supposed to act like that. Cause Steve, you're, I don't know how this translates into, um, into, you know, true English, um, you know, manners like your, the way you act might be, you know, complete arsehole, but I might be considered yeah, just like, yeah. you know, yeah. Now with a global effort. audience, we really have to be careful about how we are calculated in the way that we offend a whole new culture. And it's something that we probably need to plan for. I, no, not a chance. We're not going to plan for anything other than the, the best goddamn show we can put on tape. If we still Fine. use tape, tape, I guess. Wait, we're still Magnetic taping tape. the show? Yeah, it's it's right, it's real to real. I'm surprised yeah. you can't hear the real to real. It's just right off to the side over oh, here. Yeah, Runs, I can hear yeah. the uh, tube humming yes. in the background. Too. Yeah. So syncing up the So along with that, so I work for a very very large corporation. Uh, along with that, we got an email uh, just this week, basically saying, "Hey." The gloves are coming off. You're officially cleared to return to work in 30 days-ish, whatever. Uh, and so we, the nice thing about this corporation is they are leaving it up to the individual teams to decide. It, they're going to let the teams, the individual teams, pick when they want to come in, how often. And they're being very supportive of if you want to stay home forever and your team completely agrees on that and can prove that it works and is sustainable, then by all means, work from home forever. So where we've landed is that we're going to come in one day a week. We're going to come in on Tuesdays with the stipulation. There's two actual caveats to this. The first is that come Monday of each week, we will decide if there's an actual reason for us to physically be in the office. And there are a number of reasons that that can happen uh, and that would be beneficial if we were in a room together. So we're going to decide, first of all, does that Tuesday meeting need to take place? And then the second is, and and this was my manager's idea, and I'm super stoked about it because it was a great gesture, is we don't have to be in, our core hours are now 11 to 3 on Tuesdays. So you can avoid rush hour traffic in the morning. You can split before rush hour traffic in the afternoons, at least for the bulk of it, and get home at a decent hour. And so it's really hard to, I mean, part of me wants to say, like, I don't ever want to go back to work at the office again i want to stay home forever but i feel like enough concessions have been made and this is a good enough deal that how do how do i yes i know i've had it good for a long time in terms of i like working from home and i've been able to work from home every single day of the week but i feel like this is a pretty healthy compromise overall 
And so I just, uh, Tracy, have you at your work, have you had any kind of talk about returning and what that's going to look like? Uh, yeah, finally. And it was, uh, it was, we've, my company being a kind of a small nonprofit that works in kind of the K-12 education. Uh, so, so public schools and a lot of different schools and uh, administrative agencies are kind of part of our cooperative. And uh, so while we have no real need to be at a place, our industry kind of, that's the norm there. So right. we try not to be outside the norm. And so that that's all reasonable, but we've had three attempts about to talk about policies coming back to the office and they were really weird. They were always communicated like, Hey, there's this, Hey, it's better when we're in the office. So, and then the solution was, well, stagger everybody. So you're not too close to yeah. anybody. So yeah, it's yeah. like better to be with teammates, but we'll make sure you're never with teammates. Right. And so it was always this stupid thing. And it took a while to really, for the company and I, I don't I work with smart people so it's not as if um, they had the inability to come to these conclusions but yesterday an email came out at the end of the day that actually for the first time spoke really intelligently about the situation like we'll let teams kind of decide what they need to do and understand that there's going to be times where you kind of need to be at a place and most of the time not there won't be these kinds of expectations in general We'll say that eight days a month you'll be in, but you'll work it out with your manager to what like being in means and right. for how long. Sure. Yep. So yep, yep. it started to be kind of one of those things where they let things started to be controlled at the team level, you know, sort of preserving culture and understood that like it was the balance that made the most sense. Um, because my company, my company still has infrastructure. Yeah. And so it's not a good look when you're charging customers for something that involves probably an infrastructure and you're not even bothering to use it. So, I mean, this is a good way knowing that we know which way the pendulum's probably swinging, but you're not at a point that way. So for the first time, I felt like my company put out an email where I read the whole thing and I just went, hmm, yeah, that sounds about right. And that it, before that, everything else was just, I looked at it kind of weird. Like I'm looking at you guys right now. Yeah. Steve, I know for you, you in your current job, you mostly work from home. Like it's a, it's a natural fit to work your current job from home. Has there been any talk at all about office visits or anything of that nature or coming together as far as a team or anything? Yeah. Uh, so the, um, the company is really keen. It's a very, very small team, but you know, uh, the, co the team is really friendly and, um, you know, very social and, you know, wants to get together. So they're, they're, that's, they talk about that a lot. Um, uh, they talk about, Hey, we should all pick a city. What city would you want to go to? You know, and, and, you know, oh, well, let's think about that. Let's think about going to that city when, when we can. We'll all go and we'll all meet up here and we'll hang out and we'll do something. And you said they and, stopped asking you when you kept saying Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah. I That's... kept, I, I think I said Chicago or wow. Denver because um, I, I like those cities. But uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a new, uh, let's go to, let's all go to Buffalo. Let's check it out. <laughs> let's check, let's all see what Buffalo's all about. Get 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 crazy on the Frank's hot sauce, red <laughs> Frank's red hot sauce in Buffalo. 
You know, I'm really beginning to second guess myself when it comes to this whole letting you two talk more. That was I, I that was exactly yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, we knew like, exactly where really that was headed anyway. So. Having me talk more that pick picks his spots my ass. <laughs> All right, so the other thing I just wanted to touch on briefly, uh, and this is a question for both of you as well. So we had the Super Bowl since the last time I recorded. Uh, I watched the Super Bowl. I did not watch the halftime show. I didn't. It, listen, it's not that I don't have anything against any of the performers on there. I have at least one, if not multiple songs by them somewhere on each of my uh, my playlists for places like the gym and things like that. I, I, don't, I don't dislike any of the music. I just... For me, it's much more about the Super Bowl halftime show is just not something it, you'd be hard pressed to find a performer performing at the halftime show that I would actually care to see because of all the glitz and over the top theatrics and the choreography and all that. And I know that gets some people off. That's fine. It just wasn't my thing. So we actually we were over at a friend's house. We got invited over for for Super Bowl. Thanks for neither one of you invite me. We got invited over for Super Bowl, and so at halftime, we just went out and played cornhole in the in the yard and watched not the halftime show uh, because we just didn't care. The game itself, fine, whatever. I didn't care about either team. I didn't care if either team won. I didn't care if either team lost. There wasn't a real villain or hero in this year's Super Bowl. So I just kind of watched it, and it was just a blip on the radar. But did you guys watch it? Steve, did you watch the Super Bowl this year? Uh, yeah, we, we had it on. I like to watch the ads and... Um... And and I did I did want to watch the Super Bowl halftime show. I got um, you. I got a you are really gassy tonight. You are belting yeah. up a storm. What <laughs> the hell? Thanks, <laughs> thanks for pointing that out. What the I was, hell is I, going on? It's always his pre-show plate of cabbage, <laughs> yeah, and well, I tell him stop doing that. What oh, happens is just just before we go on the air, and even while we're on the air, Steve shotguns about three peach carbonated waters. And then he's super belchy the whole time. And this time, tonight, it's extra noticeable. I don't know why, but you're, as he takes a sip of his. He's looking at you like you're crazy while he's taking a swig. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm so sorry, Steve. You like the commercials? So, but what's funny is that we, um, we, we realized we didn't have a way to watch it. Like, we didn't have a way to watch the Super Bowl. And so I'm like, well, what network's it on? Well, it's on NBC. Like, how do we get NBC? I, I I went out and got an antenna for my TV and then hooked it up. And you know what? It worked great. It worked fantastic. I had zero problems. Well, where you live, there's almost nothing you couldn't get. Yeah. It's it, it, it really, yeah. I mean, and that reminded me, I'm like, wow, I'm so glad that. Is it I, one of those antennas that you like stick on the wall? It's got like adhesive and you stick it up against the wall or is it an outdoor antenna? No, it's an indoor antenna that sits right next to the TV. It's, it's just a flat thing. But what it does do is it has like a it it has you plug it in to the wall, um, into an outlet, and it boosts it. So it actually it it gets a better signal. Right. And I had had other ones that were okay. You know, every once in a while they would they would kind of flicker out or whatever. But these digital HD antennas are pretty great. And worked really, really well. Tracy, yeah, I, I want to find yeah. out from you, but the one thing I did want to say is, Steve, you mentioned the commercials. Mm -hmm. This was the first year where I noticed the overall shift in my psyche in terms of, we've talked about it before, but I just hate commercials now. Even if they're really good Super Bowl commercials, I know that come tomorrow, the day after the Super Bowl, I'm going to be able to go to YouTube and watch all those, or at least cherry pick the ones that I want to see. I'll go to some website mm -hmm. that I trust somewhere, 
I'll get the list of the best Super Bowl commercials that played, and I'll go seek them out and just watch them. It is the... Uh, I, I'm a big fan of the NFL. I love NFL football. I hate the structure of NFL games and the number of commercials and the Super Bowl is even worse because they are making an absolute fortune on every second of every commercial that plays. And so it's riddled with commercials. And I yeah. just, it's, it's tough for me. It's the commercials on anything anymore with DVR and everything else where you can skip through 90% of them. It's tough when I'm forced to sit and watch commercials. Tracy, did you watch? I, I did not. And, uh, and I'm a huge Super Bowl fan. I love the spectacle. I love football. We like you were talking about the stories that they will yeah that 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 broadcasters are able to put together just to make the Olympics fascinating. That is on steroids for the Super Bowl. And then when you add the ads and everything else and the halftime show which are either like terrible and goofy to watch and and they're funny and un, like watching an unwatchable movie is funny. Or there's something special, like I, like I still remember to this day, Bruno Mars at halftime was absolutely yep. fantastic. And I loved his halftime show. And so it's one of those things where I had just had the third shot in a series to rid myself of a certain disease going yeah, around the globe. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> I didn't feel very good and I didn't care about it that much. And my family is still not... Like I had to remind them it was Super Bowl Sunday, and I have like, I I have a tuner that I plug into my Xbox, and the picture's great. I have the projector. I had it all set up to be able to do it, and unfortunately, I didn't care because I simply just didn't feel good. And as the day wore on, I felt even worse. Mm -hmm. But I did, in fact, miss it, and I wanted to watch it, particularly for a game where. There were kind of stories on both sides and I didn't really have a team I was rooting for one way or another. They were new faces. And so I was kind of kind of excited to watch it, but just simply never did. Best halftime show you've ever seen. Was it Bruno Mars? Yeah, for me. Yeah. And I wanted to love Aerosmith and I wanted to love Kiss, but they were terrible. Steve, how about you? Do you have a best um, a favorite halftime show? Prince. That's that's me too. It, it, I am I am Prince, and a close second was Bruce Springsteen. Just because even, and that's been whatever, eight, ten years ago, whatever it is, he was still, if he wasn't in his 60s, he was pushing 60 and yeah. put on an energetic, I mean, just a hell of a performance overall. And I, I'm not even a big Bruce Springsteen fan. Like, I don't necessarily go out and seek out his music. I like a lot of his, like, really early stuff, but... I'm not I'm not like an uber fan or anything I just thought and Prince is the same way for me like I do like some Prince songs I've, I've got a few but I wouldn't call myself a Prince fan but they just they were just good entertainers they were fantastic yeah, entertainers and I I didn't for whatever reason I don't remember the Prince one but that was one artist that now that he's gone and there's so much there's there is so much of his sort of collateral that you can see now yeah. without having to be a fan that I kind of regret not paying closer attention to him when he was alive because he was a not only a fantastic musician, but just a great entertainer. I was never a fan of Prince. I, I just was like, it was just not, I, I mean, I heard the songs. I thought they were fine. I just, it was not interesting to me in the slightest. And Wendy is a very big, my wife, Wendy is a big fan yep. of, 
Prince. And so when it was time for Prince to come to town in like 2003 or something like that, 2003, 2004, she said, we got to go see him. And we ended up getting some really good tickets. We were like 11th row or something like that up, not off the floor, but up in the stands so we could see a really good height. Um, and it was in the round. And the first thing that happened at his concert that I wasn't like super psyched to be at, I just was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to see a concert. I'm like, Hey, Wendy, who's opening for him? She's like, he doesn't have an opener. Um, and then I'm like, he doesn't have an opener. There's no, nobody's going to come out and warm it up. No, I don't think so. And then on the screen, like the lights go down on the screen, little three minute video comes up telling you, uh, what an amazing thing you are about to see. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, this is some bold business right here. Somebody, this is so, you know, coming on there, you have never seen a show like you are about to see. This is the greatest thing you'll ever see in your whole life. And it's absolutely fantastic. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe this is going to happen. Then, then, then the band comes out, Prince comes out and proves it like proved it like hard proved it drilled it into like that i that's that's probably the best show i saw and and it and he he did not let you sit down it, it, anybody in the stadium he could see you if you weren't sitting down and he would call you out that's like a superpower <laughs> that and yeah. that's something that on his wikipedia page it's not there yeah it's amazing see, it was it was yeah. an amazing thing and and I wasn't ever a fan, and it was a it was a big surprise. I mean, it was it was it was infectious. It was it was absolutely incredible. So yeah, Tracy, you should definitely regret not seeing it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you should go check him out live. You should go see Prince live. Yeah, if, if you can, get out there and check him out. Nothing. Uh, nobody in my life uh, brings more. Uh, regret into it than you, Steve. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Hey, yeah. How's that for letting me talk more going? Uh, I had a, I had a similar story to you, Steve, not, I didn't see him live or anything, but I, when I saw that Super Bowl performance, that was the first time I had ever seen him just cut loose on a guitar. And he played this blistering solo where I was like, Holy shit. Prince can shred. Like this is, yeah. this is oh. insane. Oh. And yeah. he was running around. He was full of energy. He was singing without losing his breath. He was very obviously not lip syncing. It was live, but he he was in a tremendous shape. A showman taking certain guitars off, putting other ones on, playing piano, doing all these different things. Like it was definitely just... not loaded up on fentanyl at the time. <laughs> yeah, still ironic that he actually did let the elevator bring him down. Hey, Steve, what'd you do last week? I had um, a very uh, okay. So first of all, as of today, yeah, I am down forty pounds Woo! from my, and I'm pretty stoked about it. And it's been like a eighteen month process of making sure I keep it off and just you know, but, but hard work. I just I've worked really hard, and and you guys could have been a little bit more supportive about it. But I I whatever, <laughs> not that big of a deal. I, I just. Yeah. Hang on, I'm just going to the bodypump.com so I can see the before and after. Wanna, yeah, you should definitely. I go figure there. you're oh, on. Wow. Is that you no, on the left? I'm. It's not. That's, <laughs> oh. Uh, no, uh, her name is Diana Archer Mills, and she's the <laughs> she she runs the show over there. So oh. um, so that's that's kind of a fun little aside. But w one thing we did this last week that was really interesting to me was just down the road from our house. 
is this, uh, there, there are two high-end restaurants just down the road from our house. Um, there's the Barking Frog and there's the Herb Farm. And you, you know my wife worked at the Barking Frog, right? I do. I okay. know that. Okay. Um, and um, and we we've I've been there and we've had dinner there and it's it's a little spendier than you know than I than what needs to go in my body. Yeah, um, little spendier and a little too. I don't mind. I don't mind shishi food, but that's a little. It's it's getting into that that realm of like. Here's your one fish eyeball with a sprig on it and enjoy that. This was prepared by the chef and this is $830 for the plate. Like it's, it's definitely, it's starting to get there. It's not quite there, but it's starting to get into that realm. Well, it's, um, uh, I, I, I like it. I, I like it there. Um, but next door is the herb farm and that takes it up to a whole other level. Like it's, it's like a, 10 course meal that they take you through over like three and a half hours. I've never eaten there. Um, and I don't anticipate that I'm going to have a lot of meals there, but I will tell you that it was, it, the experience was a very, it was very welcoming. It, I did not feel like, I did not feel like it was too, uh, you know, the, I didn't look, it didn't feel like anybody was looking down on me or anything or any, Yeah, it was very, um, it was a very friendly, um, you know, nice atmosphere, relaxing and, um, and it was absolutely fabulous food. But to your point, Dave, it was definitely, um, you know, smaller portions, 10 courses. So they're very small portions. Yeah. When I, when I left, I was satisfied, right? Right. I did all this stuff in very interesting flavors that they were bringing in and everything's like locally sourced. So it's February. So they're getting, there's some weird foods that are being produced yeah. right now that they have to make do with and, and get it all together. So great, um, rich, uh, flavors, very interesting. Um, and a lot of fun. Like I had a really good time Wendy had a good time. Um, it was, it, it, it was, it was, it was worth it to, um, to, to do it. Um, was this and, in, was this in celebration of the weight loss milestone? No, that... no, 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 okay. no, no. That was, that was today. Um, that was kind of, that was more for Wendy's birthday. Got it. Celebration. So we did that, um, because she had wanted to do that. And, um, uh, my, uh, brothers wanted to, uh, come and celebrate with her too. So we all went together and we had a, we had a really, really nice time. It was, it was absolutely fabulous. But one of the big deals, one of the reasons why it's, you know, fairly expensive is they pair all the wines together, right? So all the food has specific wines that are specifically supposed to enhance it. And they have a great sommelier there that like th that guy knows the stuff he he's, talking chemistry and he's talking geology and he's all the things you want to hear from a good, you know, wine expert. I don't drink. So that's like half the experience, but never fear. They come up, they come up with all these, what they call botanical infusions for people that don't drink. And so you have these, you know, six or seven glasses of wine. Can I just say this does not sound pretentious at all? 
This is this. I mean, you might as well have been eating at a Jimmy John's. Can I just say that? Really Do I does. tell this story yes. every week? That's why this <laughs> right. is an experience. Okay. If uh, the first time I was on an airplane, they had seats and they told me I had to use the buckle. But um, I, it was really, it was really really fantastic. So these all these different drinks that they made specifically for you know us lightweights that don't. Uh, uh, that don't drink. I was, I was not looking forward to that. I'm like, this is going to be stupid, but they mixed Kool-Aid with fennel and I'm totally kidding. They, they, they <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they had really interesting flavors that, that really they put a lot of thought into. So when I ate the food, I wasn't getting, um, I, I wasn't getting cheated out of the, the liquid you, were, you weren't being told the cauliflower tastes just like mashed potatoes. That's what yeah, that's yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. But it was it was really it was a delightful time. We had a really, really good time. And uh I, like I said, I don't anticipate going to this place um very often, but I will tell you that it was it was a it was as good of a dining experience as you can have. Steve, I'm you know this about me. I'm a I'm a very finicky eater. I don't I don't like a lot of stuff. And this is this is from childhood. In, in my childhood years, I had a mom, a very doting mother, who if I said I don't want the broccoli because I don't like the way the broccoli tastes, she was not one of those moms to go, "You're not leaving the table until you eat your broccoli." Shut up and eat your broccoli. She'd say, "Oh, okay. Well, how about?" some extra spaghetti and I'd be like yeah or how about some mini raviolis that sounds much better than broccoli let's do that and so I just never was I think as a child your your parents sort of force you to try things and force you to build that palate and if you don't have that palate I will say later in life now that I'm older and I've traveled some and I've been exposed to lots of I go to places where if I if I don't eat the things that are served there's nothing else I can't I have to eat what is served in those countries and if I don't like it, then I it's an awkward situation because I can't eat. And so I've learned to like to to eat some things that I normally wouldn't eat and I don't always love them, but at least I, I eat them. However, here at home, I have pivoted and tried really hard to eat a lot better than what I used to eat. And so as an example today, I made myself a little salad and the salad just has had a little chicken breast on it. And then it had some snow peas, it had some beans, it had some broccoli. So I threw some veggies on there, just kind of mixed it all up, put a very light vinaigrette on it and ate that. I didn't like it. I still don't like it. I've been told many times you will build a palate and you will eventually like these things. I sat, I forced myself to eat those things. And with each bite, I would chew it up and then I'd take a big swig of water just to wash it down because... And I've been doing this for months now. And when I say months, I think like eight months. And I still, <laughs> I'm still just, I still feel like I'm forcing myself. I don't, I get joy out of an occasional meal where I get to have, I tell myself I can have a pizza or something like that all day long. Love the shit out of that. But every other meal that I have, I've sapped most of the joy out of eating for myself because I still just, and Tracy, I see you nodding. Are you the same way with health food? Yeah, I mean, it's there, there's a lot I like, and it's not quite as bad as what you're describing, but um, because I there's a lot of things I do like, but there's a lot of things that like I I just 
like I know like how my body reacts and like how much when you start exercising to lose weight and you know like what the cost is of like eating something versus how much you're gonna have to exercise yeah. to sort of like yeah. <clears throat> so you're then you're like making way different sort of decisions and then you're like hey um what what would i need to do this week to cut loose this weekend yeah you know a yeah. little bit neat what i like and so yeah because there's there was like there was a year where i basically just ate a lot of pretty much vegetables at sure yeah. morning and midday meals were pretty much like that and my guts were telling me like no you need to stop doing this because you're practically eating glass yeah. and yeah. with all that fiber i mean it's turning my body into confetti cannon i i don't appreciate <laughs> that either <laughs> what are you what are you aiming that cannon what are you aiming yeah. that cannon there? i just it is i just and you look online like i did this just within the last couple of weeks because every once in a while i'm just like there's got to be it's got to be some way to do this and so there the the options i found are this you can either do something called like i think they call them like healthy greens which is literally just a powder you mix it up in a drink you drink that once a day that's supposed to give you the vegetables or the vitamins and, and things from the vegetables that you would normally get tastes like garbage it's awful i tried mixing it with several different things it tastes like you're putting a sweaty gym sock in your orange juice like it's and just, there's no way to improve it no I've tried no everything. same as you yeah it's so terrible. then so then i looked for ways how can i prepare vegetables to make them taste better well of course guess what it is you either cook them in butter so that they <laughs> taste better yeah. Or you dump a bunch of seasoning on them that's very high in sodium and not great for you either. So the, the short answer is you don't. You, you, you just eat them and you just drink a lot of water and you just try not to gag, which is effectively what I do. Yeah. And if Tracy does the, the previously on next week, I'm sure he will find a way to highlight the things I just said and put those in the wrong order and make it sound awful. I'm just saying, I still haven't found a way. But Steve, did you have anything else on the dinner or can we move on to Tracy? No, no, move on. It was, it was great. Okay, Tracy, what'd you do last week? Well, we had Valentine's Day. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Uh, in oh, my house, shit. that oh, always God. produces maybe the most uh, awkward and sort of terrible obligation that needs to occur. And the expectation is that I am going to help with this and, uh, and that I'm going to fully participate in it so i sat down are, are, I, are we talking sexy stuff here is that what we're talking about well yeah, we're talking you. about probably maybe the worst thing that is <laughs> that you can really do the most shameful thing you can do at valentine's day and that of course is helping your kindergartner write valentine's to oh, his yeah. class so we have a class oh, yeah. list and uh and uh, my my five year old, he's got he's there's you know a handful of dozen and a half a baker's dozen, um, depending on your baker, it's your mileage may vary. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, of kids in his class with uh, interesting uh, names, and so I'm making comments on all these names and helping him. Uh, yeah, I can tell you right and, now, people, if you're listening out there, if you have a child Tracy's age or my age or even Steve's age. There are no more Daves, there are no more Steves, and there are no more Tracys. Those are not mm. names anymore. The names are now at least three syllables long each. My daughter is the freak in school because she's got two 
syllables and four letters in her name and that's it. And everybody else is Brianna and Alexandria and Diphtheria. But, and... but what is <laughs> what is actually amazed me is the the uh the revival of what I used to refer to as turn of the century names. Yeah. And I don't mean turn of the century into the 21st century, but from the 19th century to the 20th century, contemporaries of the Spanish American War, if you will. Uh, the the those names, the Abigails, Mildreds, uh, they names are coming back into vogue, and those name those names are insane. I never thought they would come in, but now, uh, see, my kids were most of my kids are kind of brought up in that where like Irish names were popular, but the Irish names were good enough, so people made up names that sounded Irish, so they always had this. Uh, this again or done sort of sound at the end, but everything before that was made up. Yeah. And I'd always, when my friends would, or when my kids would say, Oh yeah, I have this kid in my class and I would just scream at them. That's a made up name. Don't talk to them. <laughs> what a joy. Yeah. What anyway, a, there's a lot of happiness in my house, joy. but uh, Valentine's day definitely was. So we got through that another year of uh getting the valentines out to classmates and that was uh that was an awkward awkward time i'm really fortunate and and i say this all the time as far as and you know i've been married to her for well over 25 years now we've dated for even longer than that i know my wife well enough to know that she's not just saying it and then harboring ill feelings towards me she truly doesn't care about flowers she doesn't want to get flowers she doesn't care about doing cards and things she's and as, as we've gotten older and, and we're now very much, well, married is the wrong term, cause, uh, no pun intended, but we're married to the idea that we're going, we're going to die together. Like we're, we're in this together until the bitter end. We even, even gestures such as anniversary cards and things like that. Both of us are now just like, we sign our names and that's about it. And that's not because we love each other any less than we ever have before. It's because we know we showed in a lot of other ways and it's not, it's not about that on that one day out of the year. So right. when it comes to Valentine's Day, I get off really easy because I don't have to get cards. What she does want is chocolates, but not because it's a romantic gesture. She just likes chocolates. So I have to get her some chocolates <laughs> outside of that, cards, all that kind of stuff. Doesn't matter anymore. And and we're both there. And frankly, we're both much happier to not have that stress of needing to go out and find the right thing and pick out the best card and make sure it says the right things and make sure we get them the kindest gesture and trying to one-up ourselves from the year before because we did that amazing thing from then. It's kind of awesome. Steve, I have a feeling you're at the opposite end of that spectrum. Um, You know, it's not so much that. Uh, we have a lot of fun with it in that um, it used to be I would buy... Um, I would look for the worst card I could, and then I would edit the card and give it and give give it to Wendy and just to see how much I could make her laugh from the edits that I made in the card. And and I I got a lot of mileage out of that. Um, I you know we like to do we like to do things that you know surprise with you know opportunities to go for a hike or. Um, something that we both enjoy um yeah that's where we that's where we usually take it the card thing like this year what we did was we just took um the whole family we we all all three of us sat around and we wrote notes to each other 
and gave them to each other. Um, that was, you know, but see, my I, idea. I, and, it, <laughs> and I thought it was fun. And again, as always, did. as always, that's, you know, if that works for you guys, fantastic. To me, and I'm only speaking for me again, you guys do you, but that sounds like pure torture. I hate, and I'll tell you why. Not because it's not torture from the aspect of being able to write things that you're appreciative of on a note and give it to somebody. I hate the idea of somebody reading or me needing to read a note that was given and written about me either out loud or even to myself, but react accordingly. I don't like, I've said to you guys before, I don't even like opening birthday presents or Christmas presents in front of people. I would much prefer to just take them into right. another room open them all up, come back out and say, hey, thanks, everybody. I really appreciate it and move on. Not because I'm not appreciative. I just don't. I am wired to where I don't like that spotlight. We got to change that about you. Right? Because I, I don't like I don't like how that is. Yeah, because when I got you that of glove yeah. that one time, you were like. Uh, remember and, when you got me that mic arm, the same one that you got Steve and how much I was appreciative of that, though? No, you're remembering it wrong because I didn't oh. get one for Steve. Oh, that was. Uh, I don't yeah. remember it right. I have it. I, I'm using it right now. It's right here, Tracy. Yeah, that's the one. That, the one. It's fantastic. Look how it can does, move around. Does it look and... like this? No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't look like that, does it? Yeah, that yours is different. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not, not like the one that uh, Dave and I have. Yours is ribbed. Uh, okay. Uh, so sorry, Tracy. I I think we uh, and it was me pulled you out on a tangent. Anything else on Valentine's Day? Not a thing. All right, then we're going to take a very quick break on the Dave and Steve show. We're already super long. Tracy, got to do headlines in about 10 minutes if you're good with that on the other side of the break. We'll be right back on the Dave and Steve show. Hi, I'm John Totello. You may know me from my incredibly popular line of dog crap shaped cupcakes called Defecakes. As I was relaxing at my bar, eating one of my poop shaped pastries, I got to thinking about how sore my butthole was sitting on my bar stool. With chocolate on my fingers, and a half piece of poop cake hanging out of my mouth, I should have been over the moon. And yet, I was miserable. And that's when it hit me. A revolution in the bar stool lifestyle. I licked my chocolate-covered fingers clean and got to work. The results speak for themselves in something I call John Tortello's Stool Softeners. Pads that fit over your existing bar stools to pamper your ass and put a spring in your step. Brilliant, ain't it? And regardless of how large or hard your stool is, we've got a stool softener for you. Well, my name isn't John Tortello. These babies are in limited supply and will sell out fast. So come on down to John Tortello's stool softener store on the south end of West Maple in the North Haven shopping complex near the East Bay hardware store. Your ass will sure be glad you made the trip. If you got hard stool and your butthole's sore, then listen closely and I'll tell you some more. Just grab your hat and jacket and head on down because John Tortellos are soft and brown. After going down the musical rabbit hole that was the 1972 hit classic song Brandy, You're a Fine Girl from the band Looking Glass, I saw in the comments section of that YouTube post reply after reply that showcased a now 40-year-old woman who claimed to have been named after that song. 
And there they were on a platform that didn't even exist at the time that that band posed for their now iconic album cover, claiming that their father, now almost certainly dead of cirrhosis of the liver, once looked into their eyes and declared that their beautiful, new bundle of joy was good enough to sling liquor for sailors in any port town she wanted. This has been Tracy. Stop naming your children after songs. Minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah after I'm, i just i look at that song i'm going down there and i'm like just all this like you know uh brandy 967 brandy 17 brandy whatever oh i was named after this song my parents were engaged and they named me after this song and i'm just like just down the comments and i was just <laughs> looking and just looking and then I'm clicking into their profiles to see what the hell's going on there. And uh, what a mess. The other thing yeah. is like in the seventies with songs like Brandy and Beth by Kiss and all those, the, the one syllable and often best rhyming names got picked up really fast and they were yeah. gone. And by the time you got into the late eighties and early nineties, when people were still trying to write songs about women's name, I'm not making this up at all. One of the songs that I still have on my MP3 player is a song called Doriana. D O R I A N A. Doriana. Doriana. <laughs> oh my God. I want to write that song. Do you remember when we had Frank Pino on and he was talking about how he's running out of uh, girls' names to, uh, to 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 write about yeah yeah hey frank uh why don't you take a crack at doriana <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway uh i the the one thing i did want to just mention really fast we've we've teased this a couple of times we've mentioned this a couple of times it is not uh it is not probably not what these guys think it's going to be but we've talked a little bit about this uh the conqueror challenges and i just wanted to touch on these for like two minutes this is, first of all, this is in no way, shape, or form a paid endorsement. I just want to say this has been, we've already talked a little bit tonight about Steve's weight loss, talked about eating better. Tracy had a substantial weight loss a few years back that he's kept off really well. Uh, so the, I found this thing, It's they're called the Conqueror Challenges. It is literally virtual races. If you know anything about virtual races, you've seen these before. Effectively, it is a set, a predetermined amount of distance that you have to cover doesn't matter how you cover it you can actually do it swimming you can do it rowing you can do it biking running whatever you want to do frankly any physical activity as long as it can translate into some type of cal caloric spend you can do the math of how many miles yeah you've they done just added many. a mowing the lawn one and and how many you should plot so really? you, no no so you set this thing and and what's really cool about these challenges is you just pick a place in the real world or a real path for example you pick the great wall of china and you say i'm going to walk the great wall of china so it sets it out on a virtual course for you. You actually see a map, a Google map of it, where you can even do the street view. There's no street view on the uh, Wall of China, by the way. That's That was the shock to me. I didn't I guess I can't get a car up on that thing. But hmm. you you get a street view of where you're at on that course, and you set how much time you want to you take to get there. And the amount of time you can set, I think it's up to like two years. And some of these courses are literally like, 28 miles some of them are thousands of miles some of them are just tens of miles but no matter what you can set how long you want to do it and you can adjust that at any time so you just sort of set your goal and you start moving and i i have said this before like i am big on on tangible rewards that i can hold in my hand and so i saw these and it's the typical thing where it was just a facebook ad 
they say like complete this this virtual race and you get a medal and of course in the videos the medals look amazing and i'm like these are really cool they're interactive they have little bits on them there's one where you actually you walk the path basically that leads from uh east germany to west germany and it's called the berlin wall and so if you complete that one they send you this little metal that looks like the berlin wall and you can actually pop a piece out of it so you break the wall effectively they're they're really cool interactive metals but they of really course are. anything looks cool on facebook so i completed a short one just to see if the metals were of quality they are of quality i thought they were they were really well done they also do this thing where as you complete these courses, and again, this may sound like it's a paid advertisement. We're not getting shit for this. Uh, I'm not getting anything for this. I'm, I just, for me, it motivated me, and I, so I wanted to share it. The other thing that it does is it basically, as you complete these courses and you hit certain milestones, one of two things will happen. You will either get a postcard mailed to you with historical facts about the thing that you're doing currently. So you, you get to this a certain wall, the Great Wall of China, it sends you a postcard and they look like little postcards. It's got a picture of the place that you visited and it's got little handwritten text on it that basically says, today we saw the, the Jingpao uh, Tower. That was created during this era. It was rebuilt during the 1980s because it had fallen into a state of disrepair. So it just gives you these nice little historical facts that are actually on the journey you're taking and then on top of everything else, you can pick if you want to either remove bottles from the ocean or if you want to plant trees. And when you hit 20, 40, 60, 80% of these races, they will do one of those. They'll either remove five bottles from the ocean, plastic bottles, or they will plant one tree in your name. And they planted hundreds of thousands of trees as a result of this because they keep a running tally of it. So no matter sort of how that itch is scratched for you, whether it's doing something from an environmental cause standpoint, that's checked. If you like historical shit and real world routes that you get to take and then see historical facts along the way, that box is checked. And then if you're just like me and you just want the cool metal at the end, it, it takes about three to five days for it to arrive to you after you've completed the race. So I only say this because these are really cool and you should check them out. They're called the Conqueror Events. So it's, you guys help me out. C-O-N-Q-U-E-R-O-R. -O -O I think I did yes. that right. Uh, Conqueror Events. And I think it's, the website is actually conqueror.events. But just, just do a search in your favorite search engine. You're going to find it. Uh, go to the site. They're about, I, they're about $30 to sign up for if you just want the medal. And then I think they're about 50 if you want to get, they can send you a t-shirt as well. And even the t-shirts are like really cool designs and things that you wouldn't, you would actually wear they they do a good job of not making them overtly about a race or anything like that they're just cool designs on them so the one that i'm on right now and i gotta pull up my phone here because i don't want to misrepresent the number of miles the one that i'm doing right now is probably a little bit of a bitch and i probably shouldn't have chewed off one this big because the one i'm doing is called the route 66 challenge and it is literally route 66 across america it is 2280 miles uh, and I average around four to six miles a day. So you do so that you're math. like in uh, Barstow, California. <laughs> well, yeah. no, it starts you in Chicago. You start at the opposite oh, end. Oh, okay. You're on the other side. Sure. And so right now, if I look at the little map, which is easy to do. You're in Joplin, uh, Missouri. <laughs> yeah, I am. I got to zoom out far enough to where I can actually see where I am. I don't even think I made it out of Illinois yet. I highly doubt I made it out. No, I'm, I'm still, I'm just north of, I'm just... I'm just southwest of Chicago, so I barely started so on that journey. You're still but... in the 312 yeah, area yeah, code. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, I don't want to spend any more time on this. Go check them out if that's something that interests you and something that you think is cool. Again, there's no like promo code that I'm offering you or anything like that because it's not about it's not connected to the show. I just thought it was really cool. We will move on. 
Uh, Tracy got those headlines ready to go? I All do. Right. Let's find out what Tracy has in the headlines. And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza, it's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Our first story, a bidet company uh-huh. announced that it would be holding an unusual Super Bowl contest and the news made a big splash <laughs> with Twitter users on Wednesday, Tushy tweeted that its Super Bowl contest will award $10,000 to the best post-Super Bowl poop sent on what it is dubbing Super Bowel Monday. And they were inviting uh, people following their Twitter to uh, post pictures of their uh, their business. Wait, for real? They're asking people to send pictures of their shit for a contest? <laughs> that is for real. That, uh, that was and really And it's happening. judged... Is there like a is there a grading card for I mean what are the Well listen Steve those BattleBot judges aren't making a lot of money they got to have a side hustle of some kind so Yeah this that's... is It's always the Russian judge that uh, always uh <laughs> gives the lowest score anyway yeah. I think we've seen that so uh anyway that's uh, that uh, really Serious question though have uh, have either of you or probably both of you I don't know have you used a bidet before Steve have you used a bidet not yet, Tracy. Yeah, several times more than I uh, more than I should admit uh, in uh, in France where uh, they come from, and so it was uh, it was kind of interesting because uh, uh, this had the kind of situation where I don't know what it's like in your house, but I mean the the warm water takes a while to get rolling upstairs uh, in my, uh, in my house, uh, in the morning. So I'll run the stairs free or downstairs. Yeah, exactly. So I was never able to get the uh, water temperature for my liking down there. Um, but in Dubai, I used maybe the best, uh, bidet, uh, that, I mean, definitely it just been a lot of, I don't have to talk about the technological advances in bidets, but, um, there's, cause there's been a lot of them, but, uh, uh, but the fact of the matter is, at the, at the end of the day, they had one job and didn't really do a great job. So, <laughs> Dubai bidet is quite a tongue twister if you think Dubai about it. Dubai bidet sounds. <laughs> Dubai bidet sounds like a Paul Simon album. <laughs> I believe that was Kid Rock's first hit song. Uh, <laughs> no, it, I've never used a bidet. Uh, I have no interest in using one. It's not to say I probably wouldn't love it. I, I've just one. I've never been presented the opportunity to use one. Uh, and I'm okay with that. I don't need to go seek one out to see if it's life-changing. Do you, do you know where you can uh, set, you know, if you have a pressure washer, you can set it to like the 1,200 yeah. pounds per square inch setting and kind of just go a little light little light on your concrete. <laughs> That's yeah, really you, more you, the setting I need, and it never really kind of meets that pressure So for the rocket wash that I'm after. So yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it just comes down to I haven't tried the right one. You need to change the, the tips out on them uh so you get 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 a little bit less of a a, a pattern <laughs> yeah that's what yeah. i said to the concierge and they uh they didn't understand what i was saying so <laughs> our second story thanks to a glitch some seattle mazda drivers can't tune their radios away from KUOW, a Seattle area public <laughs> radio affiliate. Somehow the signal the situation sent from the modern HD radios that are part of cars, uh, Mazda cars from 2006 on, 
Friday major component. Now that glitch has now made it impossible for these radios to tune away from KUOW. So it's uh, it's NPR forever. I wonder if we can figure out how to get them like to tune into the Dave and Steve show and never tune into anything else again. I wonder if we could like grease the right palms to make that happen. That's 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 going to be a we're going to have to talk to the people at the old uh, the Apple podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, on on a related note, related to cars. So we're getting really close to paying off the car that I drive and we're also getting really close to my son being of age to start learning how to drive and and eventually get his license and the plan is for him to take that car and he's going to drive that car. So I have started I'm I'm not ready to buy by any stretch of the imagination, but I've just started to poke around at cars and see what's out there, see what's available, see what I might like, what I might not like. Holy shit, there's not a lot of cars out there right now. They no, like and they're, they're, and they're expensive too. The yeah. used car market is is crazy. I I went there I'm I don't you guys will make fun of me if I tell you which car I was looking for, but I I was looking for a certain car. And I just went to the the actual car makers, the car manufacturers website, and they have one of those, hey, build and price with all your options on it that you want. So I built out one and I was like, oh, yeah, that price is pretty reasonable. And then it gives you the option of like, see how many are in your local area. Put in your zip code. So I put it in. And it was like, there's none. I was like, well, yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. I must have done something wrong. So I backed that out and then I changed a couple options. And then I tried it again. It said, there's none. So I started so going to the dealership. One wheel. Yeah. I started going to the dealership websites. I was like, maybe I've put in some weird parameter that's not allowing any to show up. I understand there's a car shortage right now, but this is kind of weird. So I started going to the dealerships and looking at their inventory. There were none. Not only were there none. There, there were none of most of the t of the lines of cars that they carry. Like they, they're just they are empty right now. So if you go, if you if you just drive in front of a new car dealer, you'll see facing the street, it'll be a series of used cars that they're showcasing, and you will not see like yeah. if it's if it's a Buick dealer, you'll be hard pressed to see a Buick. I mean, for obvious reasons, maybe that's a bad example, but yeah, they've never been able to keep Buicks on the lot. <laughs> So one customer said, uh, hey, they told me that there's nothing that can be done about it and they need a new uh, CMU unit and that can cost up to $1,500, but nobody had the parts in stock. So Mazda emailed that it had uh, distributed service alerts to dealers that impacted customers uh, uh, should contact their dealer who can submit a goodwill request to Mazda warranty department on their behalf. Uh, order the parts and schedule a free repair sometime in the future when these parts become available. I almost went off on a rant, just a total rant saying like, hey, dumbasses in the in the day and age we live in, you shouldn't be listening to terrestrial radio anyway. There are so many podcasts and so many music streaming services. There's so many different options. And then I realized if we're talking Mazda owners who listen yeah. to the radio, they're not technologically savvy enough to listen to a podcast. They are they are most likely likely north of sixty, and not concerned with learning new tech at this point in their lives. So I, I take umbrage with that. I have owned several Mazdas, and I've mm. and I loved them all. They were they were good. They were good, solid, zippy cars. That's not a knock on Mazda. I'm not dissing Mazda. 
I'm dissing the people who would drive a Mazda and listen he, to terrestrial he's, he's, radio. He's crapping on our listeners, yeah. not, not the cars. And I, and I must also say that I never would have known that this was a problem because my radio is only tuned to KUW. <laughs> it is only, I never would have known that this was a problem. It would not have been a problem for Ben. Like, I don't, I don't want to listen to any other radio station because I can't stand radio commercials. I think radio commercials are horrendous, but I, that's the only radio station I listen to. I might switch over to AM, but then again, it's not, it's, that's not HD. It's not this, it's not still not a problem because that wasn't affected. Right. So if I'm on FM, I'm, I'm on KUOW or nothing. That's, I can I can honestly tell you this is not I'm not being hyperbolic in any way shape or form. I've not listened to a single second of terrestrial radio in my car that I have owned for 4 plus years. Not a oh. single second of terrestrial radio. I have no desire to listen to anything on that shit box anymore. Now, the ironic part here is that what what I do listen to is a podcast recording of a morning radio show out of Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I guess in a way I'm I'm being a bit hypocritical, but no, I I do not listen to terrestrial radio anymore. And the reason I listen to the podcast form of that show is I think they're quite funny and there's no commercials, Steve, to your point. There are zero commercials cuz it's the yeah. recording of the pod Yeah, exactly. So there's no there's no music breaks, there's no commercials, there's no nothing. It's just the bits of them talking. So one driver said that uh, as the, his radio remained frozen, the rebooting visuals on the screen in the middle of the dashboard were just too distracting for him while he was driving. So he commented to uh, local media that he ended up covering that part of his dashboard with cardboard to uh, get around it. So <laughs> yes. I do want to let the uh, Dave and Steve so, uh, listeners know that if my car is ever stuck on NPR, I can tell you right now, my suicide note is in the center console. <laughs> Uh, did I ever tell you just really quickly did did I, I don't know if I ever shared the story on here my sister went off to college and I forget even what little car she had but it was just some little you know daily driver type of community car that you're going to give to a college kid so it'll get them to and from classes be low on gas mileage all that kind of stuff and a few months into being at college the check engine light came on and then a few months after that my sister called my father to let him know that her car was not working and he needed to make the three-hour drive over to her college to see what was going on because it just wouldn't start and it wouldn't run and and so he went over there and i don't remember the exact specifics around what had happened but the car was effectively ruined and my dad as he was sort of looking through it and trying to figure out what was going on Noticed a little piece of black electrical tape just below the yeah. speedometer. And he said, what's this? And she said, well, a bright red light came on and it was on for several weeks and it was really annoying when I was driving at night. So I just put a piece of black tape over it so that I wouldn't see it at night. And that was her check engine light that was warning her of the impending doom of her car. And she solved that problem by taping over it and then wouldn't you know it, the car didn't work anymore. So to be to, fair, the owner's manual probably said to do that. Right. To this day, my sister will be riding in my vehicle with me and some light or some ding will happen or something like that. And I'll, I'll just say, Hey, will you get the black electrical tape out of the glove box? I got to take care of this. And to this day, <laughs> to this day, she does not laugh. That's That's 
That's the news, fellas. All right. We're going to wrap things up uh, before we get out of here. So there's there's weirdness. Now, I haven't shared this with you guys, with either of you, but uh, we got to do the math and we got to figure out. So we got show 100 coming up, but I also have a trip coming up to uh, Stockholm. And so let's see. Next week, we'll record show 97. The next week on the 3rd, we'll record show 98. I think the 10th is 99 which is when I'm going to be gone. And then I'm gone all the following week as well. So we're going to have to figure out. I know we talked about a big festival. I know we talked about a big performance. We've we've already, Steve, you've been on the horn with several bands and things to see what is feasible and what's not. Yep. I We're going to, we're going to have to sort this through. Cause unfortunately, while this brings in far more money than my day job, I still, I have a commitment to my day job. And, and so yeah, we're going to have to talk on through the calendar. Yeah. yeah, we're going to have to talk through. I I don't know. I don't know if that many juggalos can be canceled on that shorter notice, but we're going to have to figure it out. They can. They have nothing else going on. Yeah, that's just a It's a good just, just it's a a valid of uh Yeah. soda pop Va- valid yeah. valid point, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the hardest part is getting them to answer their phone because a lot of them have been shut off. So we'll sort through that. The other thing that we're trying to put together is uh, some type of quote-unquote live show, but we'll get more on that. We'll get you more on that later. I said more on several times. I'm sorry about that. Until next time, Tracy, anything from you? Uh, Nothing from me. Steve, anything from you? Nothing good. All right. That's what I like to hear. For Steve, for Tracy, for me, Dave, we'll talk to you next time right here. So I'm trying to deliver the final line, and Tracy has split his beard in two and pulled it up over the sides of his cheeks like some kind of disgusting, awful... Uh, yeah, and now Steve's doing a Brett Michaels salute that I can't even explain to you on the phone, on the phone, <laughs> on the air. You're all just messed up now. I know, on see, the this is the thing. <clears throat> you on guys, the camera phone. This is just like in the office when Andy can't complete the uh, the song that he's trying to sing because she jumps in and gives the, the floor number. Anybody who's an office fan, you know the exact scene I'm talking about. It's the exact same thing. For Steve, for Tracy, for me, Dave, we'll talk to you next time right here on the Dave and Steve Show.